afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, welcome to the internet's most sophisticated wrestling podcast, discussing the weekly aspects of it all, right here on The Bald Monkeys Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the Bald Monkeys podcast. We're back with another Mission Pro Wrestling special interview for the Hell Hath No Fury event coming up in September. Captain Chuckles is with us. How are we doing, Captain? I'm good. My belly is full of mac and cheese, so I'm feeling good. That is random. Thank you, (laughs) sir. (laughs) And we have the wonderful Vert Vixen with us. Vert, thanks for joining us today. No, thank you guys. And my tummy is full of wings, so oh, I feel you, Chuck. I yes. feel you. <laughs> I like that. I, I know. I, would, yeah. I was planning to make wings sometime this week or this weekend, yet all of my grocery stores around me have no wings. That's because we bought them all. Um, Adam went to the store and bought like eight packs, and we went oh, and he made them at his parents' house. So you can blame nice. us. <laughs> I will. I will. So we all know now. I, I have spaghetti and meatballs waiting for me, so I'm excited. But this is your time, and I'm going to spend as much time as you can with us right now. And we start every interview at the beginning because everybody has an, a beginning. But what were you as a young Vert Vixen? When you say, what was I? I mean, I was all over the place. I was, <laughs> I was the quiet kid in class. I was the... the the angel child, as my parents called me. I was the one that never got in trouble. And as soon as I got in trouble, I go apologize for it. So I never ended up in time out. I was the good kid, surprisingly. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> apparently that was the case. Um, played a lot of sports growing up, softball, basketball, taekwondo, swim team. Uh, whatever my parents could put me in to keep me out of the house and keep me busy, I think was the plan. <laughs> I was in ballet at, like, at one point for like a year. I don't even... I don't even know, but um, then, you know, in middle school and high school, I was, I was part of the goth kids, and I drew, I drew some anime, so I sat with all, you know, we read all of our mangas together, and there was this, yeah, I was a nerd. I mean, I'm still a nerd. But <laughs> We're all nerds. We're all nerds. We're all nerds, We're all yeah. nerds for something. <laughs> right? Yep. Exactly. All those activities, what kind of uh, what kind of trophies and awards did you collect as a kid? Yo, I have so many. Like, it's ridiculous. I have, I think my mom finally got, because she moved to Florida. And when she moved, she was like, I don't want any of these anymore. So she gave them all to me. And I just have a box of, like, art awards and plaques from Girl Scouts and Awana and, like, all of my little sports trophies and all my little – I have th- – I'm like, why did they give us so much stuff? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with all this now? Like, and it's like, you don't want to throw it away. You feel bad. Actually, I might have thrown away some old softball trophies. I won't lie to you. I don't remember. I might have, but it's just that they're, they're like currently in storage. They're just in boxes in storage because what else are yeah. you going to do with them? Put them up all, on display and show everybody. <laughs> all, all of my trophies and plaques and stuff are at my dad's house. Yeah. So, in, 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 a, in a box somewhere. Well, you know, I mean, it's cool. You want to display your amazing, you know, achievement as a 10-year-old that you could put up on the wall (laughs) that you're like, look what I did. 
when I was 10. Right. Don't worry about what I did now. <laughs> back then, I was awesome. <laughs> I was awesome back then. <laughs> yes. I literally have a binder, like, full of certificates because in, like, Awana and Girl Scouts, and I would take a bunch of art classes, or, like, I would do a bunch of art, like, uh, competitions when I was young. They would give you a certificate for everything. They're like, you participated. Here's a certificate. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> don't need this. That is a whole other podcast. I know. <laughs> whole other topic. <laughs> now, as we got on and we started talking before we started filming, we talked about how you got into wrestling and how you started being interested in wrestling. You don't have the normal growing up as a big wrestling fan and always wanting to be a wrestler. What's your story like as first getting introduced into what wrestling was? Well, um, I've told the story many times and every time I tell it, I feel a little less like, no, I don't even know how to put it. It's like, it's definitely not your typical wrestling story. And it's not a typical way that people get into wrestling. Um, I was going through, well, I went through like a not so great breakup. And before that all happened, my friend was in my house. She was helping me finish this giant costume and she was binge watching Total Divas. And I was making fun of her for watching it. I'm like, why are you watching this? This is ridiculous. You're just watching reality TV garbage. You don't need to watch this. Not having any idea what she was actually watching. She leaves. My heart gets broken. I'm, you know, don't want to do anything. Laying on the couch. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what's on my Hulu? And because she'd been binging it, it was the first thing that came up. So I started binge watching Total Divas. <laughs> and I watched it from season one all the way through the latest season at the time. And I was like, what is this? Like, what, like, you're gonna, you guys are gonna think this is dumb, but I didn't really know what professional wrestling was. Like, I really, I didn't. My family growing up, we didn't have, we didn't watch wrestling. We didn't, we didn't even talk about wrestling. Like, The Rock was like the Scorpion King to me is kind of the way <laughs> I've been putting it. He was just an actor. Like, yeah. I didn't realize mm -hmm. that he was also a professional wrestler. Um, I mean, I didn't know his Rocky Maivia background or anything like that, right? Like, he was Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yep. um, so, it just, it just wasn't there for me. So, after seeing Total Divas and kind of, like, I got interested in, like, what, learning more about it. I was like, wow, these girls are, excuse my language, they're badass. Like, they, they're not afraid of anything. You know, they're, they're great role models for all these girls. They're just, and they're tough. Like, how are they doing all this cool stuff? And so I started watching Raw, and I started watching SmackDown, I started, you know, checking more of that stuff out. I fell in love with Becky Lynch, and I was like, oh, I love all these. These women are amazing. I can't, like, I couldn't get enough of it. And I was like, I want to do this. Like, it felt like there was, like, this thing. I have an acting background. I have a costume background. I have a martial arts background. Like, I have all these backgrounds and stuff that I've been doing. And I was like, this, this is everything and one amazing thing. And it just felt so freaking right. So I Googled, I was like, how to become a professional wrestler. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Right? Everybody says how to become a professional wrestler. Boom. Boom. And then of course, like WWE comes up. So I was like, oh, let me, let, I, maybe I can just apply and something will happen. Not knowing anything, right? Not knowing that that's not how that works. And then I finally found uh, AAPW when I looked up professional wrestling school. Because one of my girlfriends, um, she goes by Kylie Morgan. She uh, is a wrestler up in Canada. Uh, she has a cosplay background like I do, and we've cosplayed together. And I knew that she had just started wrestling. So I reached out to her, and I was like, 
what do I do? <laughs> She's like, find a school, go get properly trained. So I found AAPW through the internet and it's just kind of all gone downhill from there. Now it's like, <laughs> You've it's got, my life now. <laughs> got sucked into the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah, literally like a black hole of it. <laughs> so, suck me in. Everything kind of merged together. All the different areas that you had as a background are kind of merging together. You mentioned mm -hmm. you started training and you looked up AAPW. Mm -hmm. uh, what was training with them like in, uh, in Texas? I know there are a lot of different wrestling schools down there. So what kind of made AAPW stand out to you? Um, well, what made AAPW stand out to me at first was the fact that I didn't know there were others. Like in all 100% honesty, because I just, um, I Googled wrestling schools in Austin and AAPW came up. Um, and then I kind of just left it there because it was only 20 minutes from my house. But really, honestly, I should have done more research with that and realized that, you know, Rose not that far and mm -hmm. there's schools in Dallas and blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it all worked out, honestly, I think as the, like the best it could be because, you know, I've met my boyfriend through AAPW and I've met like, I've met a lot of amazing people and cool friends and I really have had a good fundamental background in training because of my trainers. So yeah. I really think that it, it was kind of all meant to happen that way. Um, I do plan on, I actually graduate on the 26th. I was supposed to graduate in February, um, but then I got pushed back because one of the girls I was training with wanted me to wait for her. We're no longer uh, friends, but she... <laughs> I was, I was going to say it got pushed back because of Corona, but... And then it got pushed back because... It, so it was pushed back and then she went away. And so March, my coach was like, okay, let's do this. And then Corona happened. So it, it just keeps being pushed back. But because we do um, at APW, we do what we call a gauntlet. And so you have to wrestle everybody for two to two and a half minutes. So you end up in the ring for 45 minutes to an hour, <laughs> depending on how many people there are. And it's like our like graduation coming of age, like you've done it, you've completed, you know. Holy cow. I, in so. researching, I did see that someone had up that there was like a 45 minute like gauntlet thing, mm -hmm. but I had no idea what it entailed. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, and it depends. Like they can really make, like you, you have to wrestle like, everybody from beginners, intermediates, advanced, whoever shows up that day, you need to get in the ring with and wrestle with. And it could be anything from, you know, full on wrestling to moves to like, they might make you run the ropes, like oh, wow. duck, duck, yeah. duck, you know? So it's, it's a definitely, I'm nervous, <laughs> but it's, it'll be cool. It'll be good. If I'm dead on Wednesday or the next day, y'all know why. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking What's of in the ring, mm -hmm. what was, you know, not, not having, you know, a wrestling background or anything like that. What was that first bump in the ring? Like I hit my head. I mean, like that's look like it took me, I'm a slow learner and it took me a little longer than everybody else to learn how to bump properly. I would either fall to my butt first or I would fall back and I'd hit my head. Like I wasn't, it took me a little longer to get down the proper safe bump. Um, mm. it, it sucked. Like lots of bumps and bruises. Uh, so like my elbows, like I remember first training, I had pictures of just my elbows being bruised from here to here, like complete, just covered in bruises. Cause you know, you're, you're falling wrong. You're hitting your elbows, you're hitting your head, you're doing all this. It's just, it's, it's hard on your body. And I remember, I think it was like after the first week of training, like getting out of bed and just being like, what is this? <laughs> 
why does everything hurt? Because your body's not used to it. You're not, you know, and I didn't know how to properly really take care of myself back then, like when it came to, you know, Epsom salt baths and roll foam rollers. And I would just go to the gym and work out and not do proper, like, yeah. rest technique stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was bad. Like, it was, it, I, I think I had a few moments where I was like, this really hurts. Like, is this right? But there was something in my brain that always just kept saying, no, like, go, this is right. Do it. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. Do it. <laughs> like, that that motivation. I was going to ask, was there ever a point where you felt like, I don't know if this is for me? There was so, there honestly was never a point where I questioned if it was for me or not. Like, it's always kind of felt right, but there was definitely like my body wanting to reject it, if that makes sense, just because yeah. of how much pain it is and, and really the fact that I am a slow learner. So there's like a lot of things I have to retrain my body how to move. Like, even though I have a Taekwondo background, a lot of the stuff I learned in Taekwondo actually hurt me when it comes mm. to professional wrestling. Cause you have to move differently. And, you know, things have to land differently. And kicks are thrown different. Like things are just different. So there's things out of my body that I've just had to re like calculate, you know, I guess yeah. it's the best way to put it. Now your first match how in front of people not not just in a training session but your actual first match how how was that like walking out you know in in into the arena or or wherever it was with the crowd what what was that sensation like and how did it go so my it was the best feeling i've ever experienced and it, it's crazy because you love it you love wrestling so much you're training you're living it you're loving it and then you have that first experience in front of a crowd and it wasn't my school. It was a smaller crowd, but it was insane. Like it was like adrenaline. Like I've never felt before. I'm like, wow, like here I am in this ring and lights are on me. There's all these people out there like booing me or cheering me. Like it just like, it's different. It's addicting. It's yeah. hard to explain. It's, it's once you do it, you, it's like, how, how do I stop this? This is, I need more now. You know, it's like, literally is kind of like a drug like I don't know how else to put it like it's a very addictive feeling and um even though I literally I actually injured myself my first match I it was so stupid I was trying to get the crowd excited and I was just literally just jumping up and down and I landed wrong oh no right before the match started I landed wrong my knee I felt it give out and we hadn't even started the match yet uh. and I was like okay here we go <laughs> did the whole match, didn't feel it at all, got through everything. As soon as I got to the back, I literally fell over. Oh. Like I got to the back and I just, like, I just fell. And I was like, I think I pulled, I think I damaged my knee. I think I pulled, like, and I still to this day don't know exactly what I did because I didn't have insurance at the time. So I just, you know, I, I took care of it. I iced it. I was off of it for like almost like a month and a half. I was like not really training on it at all after that. But I think I had a torn one of my like PCL or eight, like, PCL. you know, yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's what it was, but uh, amazing. You don't feel it because of the adrenaline. Again, I got through that whole match. <laughs> it felt nothing. That's, that's what I was going to say. That, that whole match was fueled by adrenaline. <laughs> Completely a hundred percent. To this day, I'm like, now I understand. Like, that's why you're like, how can people keep going when they're injured in a match? Cause you don't feel it. Like, mm -hmm. even though it was the beginning of the match, I had so much adrenaline from the crowd and just being out there and being excited about everything. I didn't feel it like at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same way with a lot of other sports, more contact sports mm -hmm. is you're just so pumped about what's going on. You don't even feel 
what might be happening inside of your body. Mm -mm. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Human body is amazing. Yes. That was your first match. Mm -hmm. We know you have a match coming up. But before that, I want to talk about you winning the SOAR Women's Championship. Oh, yeah. And I, I, again, I'm going to say this. And I got burned in our interview with Maddie on my, on my shoddy research where I switched up two matches. But uh, you won that back in March. I, no, was it, was it March? Was it the beginning of March? I think it was the beginning of March. I think it was the beginning. It was right before COVID happened. Yeah, it was the okay. beginning of March. How, how was that match? Who did you beat? I'm not going to say because I think I know who it is and I think I did my research right, but I want to hear it from you. That match was actually, um, it was really cool. I, first of all, didn't, I didn't know how that was going to go. I had no idea. Um, uh, it's really cool because my mom was there that night. And my mom's, oh, nice. she still thinks I'm crazy. She still doesn't under, like I told you, we have no wrestling background in our family. So she literally still just to this day does not understand why I'm doing this. Every time I talk to her, she's like, why? <laughs> Are you still doing that wrestling thing? And she's a nurse too. So she just, all she sees is me hurting myself or hurting other people. So she just doesn't get it. And I'm like, no, like trying to explain to her, but she doesn't. anyways, um, but it was cool because she was there that night. Um, and I went up against Rache Chanel. Very, very fortunate to have had a couple matches with her now. Excuse me. Um, she's an amazing, she's absolutely amazing wrestler, an amazing worker. Very, very sweet. I learned a ton from her, like a ton. And um, I was very, I didn't know that was going to happen. So when it happened, I was genuinely surprised and shocked and excited and uh, outside I do currently have the AAPW Women's Championship, but like outside of that, that was my first, you know, championship of another. Promotion. Mm -hmm. nice. So it was, it was a really cool, really cool experience. Did the interaction on the, them deciding, I guess, that you were going to take it happen just right in the ring or was it kind of, I mean, you know, I know. It's like, how do and I? Everything. <laughs> and you don't have to answer at all. I, me, I'm always one of those people that's like, you know, what happens behind the curtain? Like, is everybody kind of, really cool with each other? Like, right. we'll talk. I don't know, honestly. I think it was before. I, I didn't know the whole time, like, oh, at nice. all. I had no idea. So I thought it was going to go differently, and then it didn't. <laughs> like, happy, ha happy ending to the I, whole situation. I put her in my Koji clutch submission, and she tapped out. I was like, oh, that's what? awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's oh, such yeah. a cool submission. Yeah. Dude. I like love there's it. there's no getting out of that, which I that's a lot of submissions have so many different ways to get out of it. You that your submission is like you're not going anywhere. No, you it's have really, them it's... cinched in and it's mm -hmm. just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think like um I've I have had a couple people, you know, roll me up on it. If they get the right leverage, right? You can roll somebody up on it. But it's really I mean, when you get that cinched in there, it's like good luck. Yeah. Good luck crawling to the ropes. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> And you got a little finesse there with your legs as, as you like, like scissor the legs and, and, and lock it in real good. Yeah. I always watch, I'm like, oh, a little finesse there, a little yeah. flair when you throw just, it on there. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's funny because Baby D actually taught me that submission. Like she, because oh, really? I, I know it's, you know, CM Punk uses it and mm -hmm. um, Sami Zayn, right? 
but which is which makes me even happier because CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, so I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like he does the Koji class. So she showed me how to do it, and I was like, you know, this is my finish. This is how I'm gonna take everybody out. I'm calling it the cheat code, and this yes. is it. <laughs> there you go. So love it. Now we get to pro- we get to Mission Pro. Mm-hmm. How does Mission Pro come up? How does that opportunity come up for you? And 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 what's the initial reaction when you get that phone call or email or or what or just the you know the hey we want you. So it's very fortunate to be on their first show. Um, the one uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But the one they had at Pinball's Kingdom last year. Um, and I was able to get that opportunity because Brian, Brian and Mel were running it at the time. And Brian had drove all the way down to AAPW to watch my first match. And so he enjoyed what the other girl and I did so much that he actually hired both of us to, you know, work on that show. Um, so I had started a relationship with them through that first show and, you know, that three way could have gone a little better. It's okay. But, uh, since then I've been very fortunate to work with Thunder on, you know, their mission pro customs and that kind of stuff. Um, I worked with her at SWE theory not so long ago. And so when I first, when I saw that they had decided to go fully female, I was like, I have to be a part of this. Like I really wanted to make sure that that was something that I was going to be involved with because there are a lot of other female promotions, but I think this is one of the first ones that's like, completely female from backstage to upstage, mm-hmm. you know, front stage yeah, I to so. everything. I, I think it is. And that's just another step, you know, in this women's revolution, right? It's just another step that needs to be taken to bring everything where it should be wrestlers and wrestlers. Yep. Um, so I was like, I just have to be a part of this. And when um, Robin, the booker reached out to me and uh, booked me for the show, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like yay, it finally happened. Cause I honestly, I was like, <laughs> and I was about to send an email because I was like, you know, I, I was going to send an email to her and give her all my information and stuff. And then she contacted me and I was just like, oh, thank you. And then I found out that I'm tagging with Jenna and I love Jenna and Jenna and I's moveset is really similar. So we work well together on that kind of stuff. So I'm super duper stoked. And I've actually tagged with her before at Ladies yep. Night Out. So I'm super stoked because I think that we can bring that back and bring it back like 10 times cooler this time. So I'm super stoked. We're excited for that. And I love tag team wrestling. I, I, I'd already mentioned in a in previous tag team wrestling's awesome. So mm-hmm. just the idea of a really good tag match is exciting for me. I look forward to the match. I think it's going to be maybe secretly the best match on the card that nobody's talking about right now because of all these other bigger names that are also yeah, showing up. Lot, I was like, there are a lot of big names on this card. <laughs> yeah. But you got to watch out for these tag matches because a lot yep. of different things can happen. So we're oh, very man. excited for it. I, I don't like been watching some of i don't know if you guys watch a lot of aew but i, I love everything. the stuff that scu's been doing and i've just been taking mm-hmm. notes i'm like this is good stuff <laughs> <laughs> i love this so I'm always, always doing my homework always always now i want to i want to step back a little bit you talked about uh some of the matches you were able to have uh some of the custom matches and i know through this covid period there's no fans What's it like to be out there and having a match with someone and interacting with just the other, with the person in the ring and the referee and not having any interaction with the crowd? So my first time doing that actually was with Ladies Night Out. We did some Ladies Night Out underground matches. Um, It's different. Like, I almost want to say it's weird, but I don't at the same time. Because 
the crowd really gives you that extra like life and they really kind of help you tell how the match is going you know what i mean because mm -hmm. you can feel like i'm super green you really don't know a ton but like when you're in a match you can kind of feel how it's going you know if people are entertained or not like you know you listen to the crowd you listen to your opponent and when you don't have the crowd it's kind of like is this is this cool is it working? Like, is are it we working? doing a good job is it, yeah are you guys entertained on youtube <laughs> is this entertaining to you, you know? like, so it's, it's a little it's difficult in that sense it is a little cool because it's a little more intimate and the fact that like it does kind of allow you to focus a little more on the match and you, you know um, your opponent and really listening to like the ref and what you're, you know, but it, it, it's, I don't know. I miss crowds. Like I, we, we worked it. Um, we miss seeing wrestling. wrestling live too. I do. Yeah. Like I really miss going to shows. Like I really miss going to shows. Cause even if I wasn't booked on a show, like if Adam was booked on shows that I wasn't booked at, I'd go with him, help set up the ring. And I'd sit there and watch and just like absorb and help out as much as I could. Cause it's just, it's, it's like, it's, there's nothing like wrestling shows. There is nothing like indie wrestling shows. There's nothing like wrestlers or a wrestling locker room. Like it's like, it's, there's just nothing like it. And there's nothing that can fill that void right now. Yeah. It makes me sad. I miss it so much. Like, I don't know. We went to kickstart and we had matches up in Minnesota and we had, it was outside. People had to wear masks and they had to be social distance. Right. Um, but there was something like, I, it was it was a good refresher in the sense of like oh my god we're wrestling in front of people and they're reacting to what we're doing and it was so great it was like for the first time in a long time I like I was in the moment you know what I mean during that match I was in the moment I could feel everything that was going on and I was just like missed this <laughs> I missed it so much it's Ugh. that drug again it's that drug yeah. again right, right there you're getting it, is. it back from what you're getting back what you're giving out finally. Right. Right, exactly. Feed off of it. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. You feed because you feed off the energy of the crowd. Yeah, hundred percent. Now you mentioned the match that you have at at Hell Hath No Fury. Do you have anything to say to Promise and Killicate? So I've been in the ring with both Promise and Killicate, faced both of them, and they are both. Whew, they're both scary in a good way. You know what I mean? Like they know their stuff. I know Kate has her collegiate background and Promise is a super hard hitter. They're both really mm -hmm. good with their submissions. They're both very strategic. And, um, but we got power on our side. I don't know how to explain it. Like Jenna and I are two of the same. <laughs> like we will double kick you in the face before you even turn around and say anything, you know, like there's, I, I am not scared. I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. I've already faced both of them. I know how to take them out. And I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm ready to drop kick them in the face. Like, I've got my Indies are loaded. I just want to do this. Like, I'm super stoked. I won't lie to you. I am very excited for this match. I'm like, put me in a submission, girl. Just try it because I will wiggle out and then kick you in the head. <laughs> my thing, um, my thing is, you guys have the teamwork. Mm -hmm. Promise and and Kate have had some beef mm -hmm. in the past, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna give the Still two of, of, of you guys uh, a little bit of an edge in this match, just because you guys have teamed before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you faced Promise in another tag team match before. Yep. Uh, so you you know a little bit about it. I'm I'm giving the edge to you guys. Yeah, and you know it was Jenna and I in that match versus Promise. That's right. We've already both of us have already taken her on. So it's like we kind of know your yeah. tactics, girl. We kind of exactly. know already what you're gonna do. And we both have the martial arts background, which in martial arts learn about balance, you learn how to work together, you learn, you know, how to take your time with something and and really about that discipline. And it's that discipline that we both have that I think is going to get us over in this match and really we gonna win. I don't know. I'm just saying it's over. I I, I agree. I agree. Now you mentioned before you learned uh, a lot of stuff from Ray Chanel. Has there any, ever has there been anybody else that you learned a lot from, whether it was from training, whether it was from being in the ring with them? You know, who who might those other people be? Oh my God, a ton of people. Like I'm very fortunate that there's a lot of amazing talent here in Austin. First of all, it is Roche Chanel. Roche. <laughs> Roche. <laughs> Always screw it up. Roche. <laughs> You're fine. I just want to make sure. Um, now uh, don't come and beat me up. I didn't mean to say it wrong. I, I won't. I won't. I'm worried about Roche for you. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> Um, baby D, baby D a lot. Um, uh, we're very fortunate, you know, uh, being in Austin, once again, there's a lot of talent here. So Christy James pops in and out. I've learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky starts. I've learned a lot from him. Um, we've had ACH air school a couple of times, learned a lot from him too. Um, you know, my, my trainers in general, uh, Steve Orino, Ray Campos, and then, of course, my boyfriend, and who I also consider my trainer, Prince Adam. And I've probably learned the most from him because he's constantly supporting me, feeding me knowledge, constantly trying to help me get better, um, especially on, like, my fundamentals and stuff. He's very big about preaching footwork and fundamentals and really making sure that I'm moving correctly in that ring um, and executing everything in the proper way. So he's really helped me a ton with that. And also... <laughs> Literally, we'll just be hanging out, and he'll pull up some New Japan or some WWE, and we'll just sit and watch. We'll just watch tape together, and he'll call stuff out for me, and he'll show me stuff. We'll rewind stuff, and you know, study, study tape basically. And it's, I'm very, very fortunate that I'm surrounded by such talented, incredible people, and it's something that I will never take for granted. Like I'm just very grateful for it. That's awesome. I, I saw one of your videos, I think it was on from YouTube or somewhere where you were doing some, you, you, you were doing some training, but you were on your, uh, it looked like a Nintendo switch the whole time, just jumping around the ring, doing stuff. He's trying to do things to you and yeah. you're, just, you're doing sit-ups and, and I'm just like, man, this is hilarious. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, that was the, that was the first mission pro promo. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, that's uh, I mean, look, I can't lie as a gamer, like I, 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 I have an advantage. <laughs> like we got good hand eye coordination, yo. Like we got mm-hmm. quick reflexes. We are not afraid to turn that gamer rage up to 11 just to beat somebody up. So uh, it's, I love it. Gamer rage. True. It's true gamer though. Oh rage. my God. You should see me playing doom. It's bad. I almost threw my controller the other day. I, I have seen you play Doom. See, <laughs> Horribly. Now, now my, my gamer rage is totally different because I just take the remote control and I smash it against the floor when I get mad. I just do this. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I like freeze and get real angry because I want to curse it out. I just want to sit there and yell every curse word I can at it. In fact, there's certain games I can't stream because I will say like the c word and like other words because i get so mad and it's literally the only time i never use that word and that is the only time is when i play any kind of moba <laughs> like i get like like heroes of the storm or, or league of legends 
I become a different person, so I am not allowed to stream those. <laughs> <laughs> Off limits. <laughs> Off limits, completely. Now, this is a new question uh, that we've been asking, and it, I think it's going to be interesting here because 10-year-old Vert Vixen probably wasn't really thinking about having a wrestling career. So all. if you had an opportunity to talk to 10-year-old Vert Vixen, what would you tell her? I would, I would, I would sit ten-year-old Vert Vixen down, and I'd pull up, I'd pull up WWE, and be like, "Let me tell you something, kid. Let me tell you something. You're gonna change your career like three or four times. So before you go through all of that, go sign up for a gymnastics class, go take a, a dance class, and watch some WWE and watch these women. Here's some really old stuff, you know. Here's Alundra Blaze, and like before that, because you need to realize and know that." this is actually your future. You think you're going to, cause when I, 10 year old me wanted to be an action star. Like I, I this is, I would have been like, look, this is that, <laughs> like you yeah. can do it. Same Wrestling, yeah. <laughs> do this. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Because it, it, it's what we know now, you know, could have put us on the path maybe a little bit faster, but everybody has their own journey, right? Everybody has their own path. I went to college, like I have a degree in game art and design. <laughs> hey, degrees, uh, <laughs> yay. yay, worthless. Uh, I, I, I have paper. a degree, paper. I don't even have my paper because the student loans that I hadn't paid off, they didn't even oh, give no. it to me. So I don't have any proof, like, and, and, and I'm, yeah, we know. it's fine. Everybody else knows, it's okay. It's just like, uh, I, I was in the game industry for like four years. I did professional cosplay for like two to three years. And now I'm back in the game industry as a community manager. And I'm just like, <sighs> changed my career literally three times. And I'm just like, why couldn't I have found wrestling when I was a kid or when I was younger? I would have started training at 18, like hands down. And God knows where I would have been at this point. Like maybe I'd be yeah. signed by now. Like who knows? There's still time. There's always time. Yes. That's why I There's take really time. good care of myself because I'm like, I can still do this. <laughs> yep. I'm not too old yet. I can still do this. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you started mentioning some of these other things outside of wrestling that you're interested in. You definitely have some hobbies outside of the wrestling ring. That's so pretty we cool got stuff. pretty cool <laughs> stuff. So you talked about the cosplay. Let's, let's mm -hmm. get into that and, okay. and all the amazing stuff you've, you've done cosplay wise. So how did you get into that originally? Uh, kind of like the same way I got into wrestling. It was one of those things where like... A bad um, breakup? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amazing. No, actually. Uh, you had to think about it for a second. I did. I actually did. I was like, where was I at that point in my life? I was, so I had my, I was working as a video game artist. I'm thinking that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Until I realized that that entails you sitting in front of a freaking computer for eight to 12 hours a day, basically. Well, yeah, like this, like drawing. Mm. And I mean, I was sculpting and modeling and mm. painting and stuff, but it's still, I already gained like 15 pounds out of college. Like I was just not like in a good physical and mental place. And I was getting bored, especially too, as a creative person, when somebody's constantly telling you what to make, it's no longer fun. <laughs> like it's no longer fun. So it was no longer having fun with what I was doing at work and so I would come home and I was like, I started to realize and learn what cosplay was. And um, I had dabbled in a little bit of it. Like when I was in college, I actually had a friend help me make a costume um, for BlizzCon. I wore that costume BlizzCon and I loved it. It was, had so much fun walking around in costume. People were taking pictures of me and I'm like, attention? People are paying attention to me? <laughs> like, what is 
<laughs> I felt like a movie star and it was awesome. And so um, from there I made the co first costume I made by myself was Codex from the Guild. I don't know if you guys all know what the Guild is. If you don't, you should check it out. You should check out the Guild. It's amazing. It's Felicia Day. It's this online web series. It's old as hell now, but it's hilarious. You should watch it. Um, and so I made Codex from the Guild. And then from there, I just got addicted. And I would come home from work and I would do research. And I'd be like, I'm gonna make this costume. And I find out how to do it online. I bought myself a crappy sewing machine, got myself a hot glue gun and some EVA foam and just started making stuff. And it just kept going and going and going until I found that I was up till 3 a.m. every night working on costumes. And I was like, showing up to work late, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Cause I was up all night making costumes and realizing that game art was no longer my passion. And that I was really enjoying the cosplay thing cause it had me up and moving, you know and making stuff with my hands and getting to wear these cool things and going to conventions. Um, and then I got hired to do it professionally. And so I left the game industry. I left the game art to work on costumes professionally and stream. And I did that for like two years, year and a half. I don't know. My timelines are all messed up. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I'm old. It's been a minute. I'm the oldest one here. I know that by, <sighs> I just know. You just know. I just know. You know. <laughs> So you talked about streaming. How, how did uh, how did streaming really come up? It, it, did it just kind of mesh with the cosplay and then all the creations that you were doing? I, so I had thought about streaming stuff and then Twitch came out, um, God, like 2016, 2015 uh, with their Twitch costume contest. They were having TwitchCon and they were like, we are going to hold this giant Twitch cosplay contest and the winner gets five grand. And I was like... What? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. And I had already made, um, uh, yes, there's a company called Sideshow Collectibles. They make really amazing high quality figures. Uh, so they hired me to make one of their characters from their Court of the Dead series, Shard. And that was the first like professional cosplay I had made. And so I reached out to them and I said, hey, can I enter this in the Twitch cosplay contest? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. So I got approval from the company. I had made the costume all myself. Like, yes, they had helped fund some stuff, but there was nothing in the rules that said that it, you know, I wasn't breaking mm -hmm. any rules. The only rule there was, was that I had to stream the costume. I had to stream like 40 hours or something of working on the costume. Like there was a certain number of hours you had Dang. to stream working on it. It might have not been that many. I spent like 500 hours on that costume. I didn't like, that took up my life completely. Um, but it was one of the most high quality costumes I had made. So I knew I had to, like, I had leather work in there and like hand painting and hand sculpting. Like there was a lot of stuff. Like I made a corset for the first time, a lot of stuff. Like I made that thing from scratch, you know, completely, completely from scratch. So Alexa's talking to me and that's creepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that creepy out. I was like... <laughs> There's a girl behind me. Okay. Um, you just you just ordered ten thousand eggs from possibly. Amazon. Off of Amazon. I'll let you guys know how that goes in the next two hours when Amazon delivers it to me. Ugh. 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 But anyway, so I started streaming because I had to stream for the contest, and I started building up a little community, and I like, I was it was it was fun. I got addicted to streaming, and so from there, I just started focusing more on my channel, and then I streamed mostly cosplay stuff at first. Like, my streaming was, like, 90% cosplay and, like, 10% games. Now it's 100% games because I'm burnt out on cosplay at the moment. <laughs> I'm still trying to reignite that fuel, um, but that's how I got into it was because of the Twitch cosplay contest, which 
I got second overall, so I won like thirty five hundred. Congratulations! <laughs> so woo, that's one of the cool. That's one of those shabby. statues that I have. That's like a glass statue that yes. is that. Like I don't have it on display right now, but that's one that I would put up on display because I am damn proud of that costume. In fact, I told Adam I was like, when we get a house, I want it. This is a piece of art. It's going up somewhere because the costume is. It's. I hate to toot my own horn, but it's a work of art. Like it's beautiful. Like. Well, you put a lot of time, effort, and, so and blood, blood, blood sweat, and tears. sweat, tears. Literally, yeah. there's yeah. literally blood, sweat, and tears in that costume somewhere. Literally. <laughs> That's why it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. There's well, a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of different events going on for cosplay. Is there one that you got to go to as as a cosplayer that was your favorite event to go to? I know there's Dragon Con and some of the other cons out there. Was there one that you enjoyed going to the most? because i'm old and grouchy now i can't like i think i would have to say blizzcon just because like there's nothing like blizzcon and i was a really really huge blizzard fan like extremely obsessed with blizzard and all their all their stuff um so blizzcon was my favorite and their costume contest was such a big deal every year too like cosplay with blizzcon is a huge deal i never got to go to dragon con because i could never afford it (laughs) it was too expensive to fly from california to atlanta and then also get a hotel and I heard some stories about Dragon Con, though. <laughs> There's some stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm close yeah. to that area. Okay. I know. I, I have friends who go at, who have gone every year. I've heard those stories. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, all I five of us woke up in a hotel room, and we don't know what happened. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, crazy stuff happens at Dragon Con. So I've never been to Dragon Con. Um, I did get to go to Gamescom. Gamescom which is really cool. It's held in Germany. It's what, it's like the biggest oh, wow. European um, gaming That's convention, awesome. but it was a nightmare because I was working and I had to go from our booth at THQ to like the backstage um, newsrooms where T- like, there's always like developer and publisher rooms where the media can go meet with the developer and publisher, which is separate from the gaming convention floor where you go and, um, you can actually like this is there's the fan area and then there's the media area and the media yeah. area is always much nicer and less crowded and there's alcohol and food and then there's the fan area which is full of a ton of people and i always had i had to travel from the fan area to the media area and gamescom is so huge it would take me 20 minutes to walk from one side to the other oh wow just because of how many people we were like this we were like sardines and that was it was the coolest experience, but my least favorite convention because I was like, it was too much. <laughs> like there were too many people. It was too many people. All it was, and people were trying to walk around in costume. And I was um, helping our booth at the time. We had like six people that were working for us in cosplay that I'd have to wrangle from our changing area, which was like, it was a, like a Tupperware container in the back that people were changing in that was oh hot and had no air conditioning. And these costumes were for Darksiders and these poor people were covered from head to toe in armor and leather. And and I had to walk them from there to the gaming floor. And I remember just, I was, I was such a bitch. Like I was in such a, <laughs> I was like, everybody move out of the way. Like I was like that person and just, that was my, that was my least favorite. There, there you go. You got two answers there. My most two, favorite yeah, and my yeah. least favorite. <laughs> Well, Chris already jumped the gun on the favorites thing, but Sorry. whatever. I, I still like him. So we'll go into some other favorites of yours. Uh, what is some of your favorite music to listen to? Yo, I'm all over the place. I listen to everything, um, but I'm going to go with butt rock. <laughs> 
Wait, what? <laughs> butt rock. What the hell is that? You've never heard that term before? No. Like, like, butt rock is like Breaking Benjamin and like Three Days Grace and like... <laughs> Like, but I also love metal, and I'm really okay. all over the place. Like, I've just I, never heard the reference. Rock. Of, you, it's nothing but like the joke is like nothing but rock. Okay. Okay. But, I get but it. But it's considered like butt rock. I didn't know the terminology either until. Man, um, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, yeah. butt rock. We, <laughs> we were filming for GameStop, and everybody started joking because Melanie's favorite. She loves butt rock too. And they're like, Yeah, she's like, Yeah, I love butt rock. And I was like, What is butt rock? Like, I didn't know either. She started explaining to me. I was like, Oh, those are all the bands I listen to. I guess I'm in that like category. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, look, I got I got the weekend on my phone and Ramstein and Childish Gambino and Slipknot and Three Days Grace. And I'm all like I'm literally all over the place. Like little 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 Nash, you know, little Nas, like little. I, I, uh, it's well, all over the, the place. I, I am the same way. As long as it's good music, then I'll listen to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, video games. What has been your favorite console to play? The N64. Man, everybody says N64. Uh, yeah, I kid you not. I, I think it's because it's like, I don't know. There's something, there was something about it. Like there was something, it was like the right time. Like Legend of Zelda Orchid of Time was my first game that I beat from start to finish. And mm-hmm. I not only beat from start to finish, but then went back and got all the milk jars and went back and got all the gold, you know, Skulltulas. Like I got everything in that game. Like it's, my parents would have to literally physically pull me away from it because I was so addicted to playing it. Um, so that was the game that got me into gaming. And then mm. Majora's Mask and, um, you know, there was nothing like to like go into your friend's house and like, let's play Mario party. And y'all got on the freaking N64, played Mario party. And then, you know, with the hand, <laughs> get through it as fast as you can. Mario Kart, Yoshi's Island. There was just so many amazing titles on the N64. And it was just such like a, the perfect golden time, I guess, for me as a kid, it was just right where yeah. it needed to be. So. I think I had Pokemon stadium. Yeah. Hell yeah. See? I loved Pokemon. Aww. <laughs> mine's over. Mine's over there. I'll I don't have mine that. anymore. I don't oh, know where my either. N64 is. It's sad. Might just rock some Donkey Kong Country here in a little Ooh. bit. Hell yeah! See exactly. <laughs> uh, what's been your favorite video game then? <laughs> I know like, that's a hard one. That's really hard because it's like for what reason? I have to say this just because I played it a million times and it's probably one of the most influential games on me in general. It's Darksiders. Um, and I, I work for gunfire games right now as their community manager. And the reason why I got hired, I mean, aside from my other skills for doing social media stuff was because I literally know Darksiders backwards and forwards. Like I'm a lore nut with that game. I love it so mm. much. I've got it. Can't really see it. And then it tattooed the horse oh, yes. symbol on my arm. Um, and it's actually on my gear too. It's on my new knee pads. Look at the, the oh, horse nice. symbol on my okay. So, um, but there's just something about... I don't know. It's it's just a stupid hack and slash with like a cool story about like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but the art style was right for me. Like I just love it so much. I don't know. I just and Darksiders 2 was amazing and Darksiders 3 was good and it's just it's all so good. But it's like then underneath that I've got obviously of course every Zelda game, Majora's Mask or Grain of Time, Breath of the Wild, like no question. 
I love the God of War games. Oh my God, the new God of War was freaking amazing. I love Doom, like the new 2016 Doom and then Doom Eternal, those games are fun as heck. Diablo, like Diablo's my Those, those are all the games I'm terrible at. I am terrible. They're all different types of games. Si- I'm terrible at all of them. <laughs> I know. How are you? This World of Warcraft, I played that for terrible. like six years of my life. Oh, come on. Here's the storm. Like- <laughs> I, I literally, I, I am good at the older video. Like I'm talking about like Super Nintendo. Oh, like older. Old school video stuff. Or oh, like oh. now, basically, I mean, it's it, they're coming out with songs here and there, but... I still play Rock Band a lot. I love that game so much. It is like the reason I got an Xbox in the first place, just because I wanted to play that game. I love it. What do you play on Rock Band? What instrument do you play? I can do all of them. Oh, you you sing too? That's awesome. That's awesome. I can sing a little bit too. Yo, I mean, so fun. We've done, we've actually played rock. We played the, was it the the marathon, the the achievement? It was the original Rock Band. They had the endless set list. We played all 55 songs in a row from start to finish. And like, in order to get it, you had, you couldn't fail a song ever. Yep. Yeah. How long did that take you? Ooh. All day. Man, we were in my basement for, uh, yeah, like four or five hours at least. And, and you have to play every instrument. So every, one yeah. of us was on So we were like flipping around when we knew. Yeah, like, you I can't, have to. You can't. I can't do this song. You do song. that song. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I sang and played drums on Strutter at the same time. No way. <laughs> That's talent. That's talent right there. That's <laughs> I, talent. It, it, was, it was a fun time. I miss oh, those amazing. times. That's amazing. Anyway, enough about our stupid idiot selves. Back to you. Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Why is that a question, Star Wars? Thank you. I knew the answer to that question anyway. I just that... wanted to get that into the atmosphere. That's I know. Not... It, my, my grandmother, my, my step-grandmother, she really likes Star Trek and I never understood it. Like she liked it so much that she collected the stupid like collectible plates they had for it. Like oh she had everything she could from it and she tried to make me watch it. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't understand. I, no my, offense to any Star Trek. Thing fans yeah no i'm like no offense uh-uh uh-uh sorry i agree that is the right answer everybody out there uh who has been your favorite opponent in the ring thus far in your short career adam prince adam uh and not just because he's my boyfriend but because like he doesn't go easy on me. Like it was, it was competitive. It was, it pushed, it pushed me. Like it really, that match pushed me in such a good way that like, I don't know, like that's no question in my mind about it. Like that was like, I've never been so nervous and excited and pushed and felt so much in one match in my entire life. So yeah, that one. Okay. Last one of the favorites, the dream match. (sighs) Who is that with? What's the, are there rules on this? What are the rules uh, on this? There, there are no rules. We, we are rule breakers here with the monkeys. So it could be any promotion. And I'll even say any point in time in the history. Oh, you can't do the time thing. Damn it. Too many choices. I know. <laughs> it went from like two to like six or seven or eight. I don't know, too many. Okay, let's say uh, a post 
in the last 20 years. That's that helps like seven or eight. <laughs> last 20 years. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, who, whoever, anybody out now who is currently wrestling now? Who's, well, there goes a lot of my choices. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Uh, uh, oh, I'm going to go with Asuka. I'm going to go with Asuka. Asuka's the goat. Like, she, like, um, look, Taker was on my list. Becky was on my list. Um, Edge is on my list. But, I, I mean, current woman wrestler Asuka and maybe Io and Sasha Banks and maybe Bailey. Kylie. I love Kylie, too. <laughs> <laughs> You got all seven or eight in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. There's no worries. Okay. And then can I say Sheeta too, just because I'd like yes. a chance eventually? <laughs> so anyways. Lay it all out right now. Yeah. Just get it all Everybody, out there. All the challenges out to everybody. <laughs> Lay them all out. Oh, man. If I had more experience, I would be sending my stuff to AEW, and I'd be like, give me a chance of that freaking title. <laughs> like, let's do this. Sheeta calling people out. I'm calling you out. Like, i totally do it. But... I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm going to marinate a little longer. <laughs> well, we're here at the last question. Chris already uh, made fun of me today because just so everybody out there who's listening or watching knows, we always send our guests questions beforehand. Mm -hmm. They are numbered one to whatever. I uh, apparently can't count to 10 and it went one to seven, totally skipped the number eight and went to nine and 10. So, yep, I'm an idiot. We all know it. It's okay. I'm oh, be fine. nicer to yourself. It's okay. <laughs> but we're here. We're, we're at the last question. Uh, we ask all of our guests this. It's a fun question. <laughs> we like how we end it. Oreo cookies. Are you a single stuff fan or a double stuff fan? Well, I'm the person that opens the Oreo. <laughs> eats the cream, and then eats the two cookies individually. So double stuff so I can get all of the cream. <laughs> Again, that is the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing, I can't, I'm like, I don't want to eat like a sandwich. You got to unscrew it and then eat the cream. And <laughs> like, there is a method to an Oreo. Yep, there is. There there's is. no wrong. There's no wrong way to eat an Oreo unless you're eating a single stuff Oreo. Yeah, then there you're you just, go. You're just wrong. There exactly. you go. That works. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Thank you so much. We got. I appreciate. Thank you. We're here at your time. Uh, let everybody know where they can go find you. I know you have Twitch stream. I know you have Twitter and all the handles out there. Where can they go look for you? We're gonna put it all at the end so people don't have to figure out how to write it out. But we'll have it written out. But where can they go find you? So I am on Twitter, uh, at Vert Vixen. I'm on Instagram, also at Vert Vixen. I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Alicia Cosplay, which I should probably change maybe now. Um, and then I stream on Twitch. And I try to stream on Twitch at least three days a week, if not more. And my current Twitch is twitch.tv slash Vert Vixen. So luckily, all you got to do is look at Vert Vixen and everything pops up. <laughs> got lucky and I stole everything. It's <laughs> <Just> like steal. <laughs> you got it all. It's easy. One place to find everybody. Uh, and then also we got hell hath no fury coming up. Chuck, mm -hmm. where's that coming up? When's that coming up? 
Hell Hath No Fury is going to be on Friday, September 18th. Uh, the show is at Pinball's Kingdom in Buda, Texas. If you're going to the show, the bell time is 7.30. Uh, if you can't make it, you can catch the stream on Title Match Network. Uh, you can get uh, just buy the stream or you can get a month subscription. That's up to you. But if you are going to the event, make sure that you wear your mask because it is a social distancing show. Yeah, and we'll make sure that we're going to be there. We're going to all be watching. We can't wait to see you, Vert. We can't wait to see your match. Love tag team wrestling. I'm a little biased, but you know what? I don't care. Love tag team <laughs> wrestling. So really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you again for watching. Thank you for joining us. Go hit that like and subscribe. And we'll have another one around the corner here because we're not done with Mission Pro Wrestling and we're not done until we get to Hell Happy Up Here. Hi, guys. You can catch Vert Vixen on Twitter and Instagram at Vert Vixen, on Facebook at Alicia Cosplay. And don't forget on her Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Vert Vixen. And of course, Hell Hath No Fury, presented by Mission Pro Wrestling and Pinball's Kingdom, Friday, September 18th in Buda, Texas. If you're going to the show, bell time is 7.30. You can find the show streaming online at Title Match Wrestling Network. And for more information on Mission Pro, go to missionprowrestling.net. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Bald Monkeys. You can also check out our interviews on WrestleJoy.com. Make sure to subscribe on our YouTube page to watch our previous interviews or our roundtable discussions. Just search for The Bald Monkeys. Watch us live on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash thebaldmonkeys. And finally, listen to The Bald Monkeys podcast on Apple iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.